Speaking of Australian innovations, I was reminded that Australia invented a whole new science area, radio astronomy. This field sprang from CSIR's wartime work on radar, where the staff of the Division of Radio Physics made many innovations in equipment and functionality of radar for wartime use, for example, detection of offshore shipping and of enemy aircraft. At the end of the war, staff of the division saw a need to reinvent their work and to take a non-military direction. One of their senior staff, Dr Joe Pawsey, recognised the potential of studying radio waves that constituted cosmic noise and began measuring radio waves from the sun. This extended to measuring waves from the Milky Way, identifying exact sources of radio waves and became, in short, radio astronomy. During the war years, the division had had two remarkable young female physicists, greatly outnumbered, of course, by their male colleagues. One of them, Joan Freeman, went from radio physics to Cambridge, where she worked on nuclear physics, the structure and physical properties of the components of the nucleus of atoms. In her engaging autobiography, she notes how radio physics staff decided to lighten the atmosphere by putting on a musical for which members of the scientific and administrative staff auditioned for roles. A newly appointed office worker auditioned but was rejected. Little did they know that her name was to become much more widely known than those of any of the scientists. Want to guess who she was? She was Joan Sutherland. The other woman physicist, Ruby Payne Scott, who shocked the division's librarian by wearing shorts to the lab and the library, stayed in Sydney and on Australia Day 1956 was the first to measure the radio wave properties of solar activity by interferometry. This was done from a small field station at Dover Heights, previously used for testing radar equipment. You can see a memorial to the field station in Rodney Park, Dover Heights, with a replica radio antenna and a plaque. How does this relate to the collection? Well, you can find a document about a birth of radio astronomy walk in 2014, written by Tony Stevenson. The walk included several descendants of past luminaries in this field, as well as some present-day ones. Sydney Observatory was not directly involved in radio astronomy. Its role was astrographic and astrometric, in other words, mapping the stars and measuring their positions and movement. But the 20th century director, Harley Wood, suggested that the constellation Taurus would be suitable for radio mapping, and so contributed to the early work. Radio astronomy has come a long way very quickly. Think the DISH, for example, the giant radio telescope at Parks. The museum actually has a special brass feed horn that collected the signals in the centre of the DISH and directed them to the receiver. If that wasn't enough excitement, it is the actual feed horn that enabled Parks to collect the signals to provide television covering of the first moon landing in 1969.